0: Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This month, we are tackling the shame trigger of trauma. And of course, this is something we are just scratching the surface and having some conversations to normalize things that are often unspeakable. And so because this is so serious and can be so heavy, I encourage you to seek out uh, professional resources. You can check our VIP page for coaches and of course, therapists and other forms of safe support. Today's episode, we are joined by Jody Tompros and Tom Overton, married couple for over thirty years, and I also have Jeremy joining us, my husband, for this episode. And I love getting to sit down with Jody and Tom. Jody is a former therapist and has her practice mindfulness painting, where she helps people tap into their intuition and their creativity through art and Tom is a couples therapist who accidentally wrote a book through COVID and it was so fun to sit down with them as a couple, you know, me and my husband as a couple and kind of talk about what it's like when you're going through of course a collective trauma like the pandemic when you're unpacking, you know, your own trauma and or your spouse has also their own trauma and I love their insight, the wisdom they have after 30 plus years of marriage. So join us as we flush it out.
1: I am like such like I could carry a banner for EMDR, mm-hmm. you know, like I could carry this torch that everybody has to get it because it is unpacked and released so much for me.
2: Yeah. yeah. The MDR.
1: Well, you know, it just gives you so much more bandwidth and so much less anxiety, and you can just like walk through and go, "Wow, I have energy for this kind of stuff when I never had it before." Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gives you a new life. Mm-hmm. I think talking about it, and I don't want to give any of my co- my former colleagues or my Husband's, you know, um, earning potential—a bad name. I,
2: I'm, but, re- I'm retiring. I don't
1: know <laughs> <But that's
2: laughs>
1: uh, Talking only does so much because so much is in your body. But it's part so of the. It's part
0: of it, right? Like it's part of the pie, though, as, as you unpack like, life and trauma. It's all part of. It's all there.
1: Just think of it as part of the veins, part of you know, it, it's in every cell. So the and the it's all in there and just talking about it like does this much in i mean yes it sort of lets off the steam you know lets off the but yeah. it's just oh my god
2: yeah so that's a that's a tool for for trauma and um and i think before you know before i get to to tools i usually want to you know ask what well, what's the tool going to be for you know what what's the point I mean you don't just go out and, and do EMDR or uh or in the old days primal scream or 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 you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. W- without having um
1: you
2: know, without having a goal in in mind or without having you know, without it needing to enhance something so you know why should i get rid of my trauma you know it becomes the the question you know, you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. That's and um so why are you getting? EMDR? Why do you, you know, why do you use the EMDR? Sure. The,
1: well,
2: I'm going to do the interview for you. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh,
0: yes, just for me to be here. I'm living the dream right now. This is- <laughs> I mean, I feel like we'll eventually get into you guys introducing yourself and all that. But before we do that, uh, uh, I am all ears. Go. My, <laughs> and and do you language. notice
1: how yeah. I talk and then he like makes it linear and clarifies it so that it might make sense to other people? I used to tell people that, you know, some people have experiences that gets kept in the family. Mine was on the front page of the Metro section when I was growing up.
2: I remember reading it.
1: Only because there was, um, you know, there was illegal stuff going on. My father was an addict, you know, and so there was always trauma. And then you think, you know, you hold it together, you know, you do the best you can. I had a mom who was like, "Mm." and so then over the years, you just keep making mistakes in relationships and, and then you like, why is this happening? So just this past year, the reason I went back is I had two really good friends die Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, two years of the pandemic. And then when I was in my late teens, I had an abortion and they were illegal and right at the same time in the fall, they were talking about, you know, making abortions illegal. Well, mine was, and I had a traumatic experience. So I had all this grief and all this really crazy stuff. And I, as a therapist, I had been in therapy for a while off and on in my life. And so I went back to my therapist and I said, why do I have to keep doing this? You know, I've talked this shit to death. And so then that's when I mean I had done EMDR before, but this is just really, really micro focused. And that was that that was what yeah. that's why I needed the tool.
2: So yeah, so it ends up being about um, I mean, this is too much of a leap, but it ends up being about relationships and yeah wanting to have better relationships or you know more complete relationships and you know so i'm sort of you know platforming off into you know talking about attachment which is you know something we had you know discussed before we uh uh she's like on the fly on the way to the you know the interview yeah yeah trauma is really it's related to you know to attachment so you know i want to um, you know connect or attach uh, you know more more clearly and uh, you know more in a more healthy way um, and I think that's what you know you're, you're really you know talking I mean, it's not just um,
1: well an example know. when we first met mm-hmm. and yeah. we were real connected I'd always start a fight afterwards or you know like find some like I don't know if I like it or not, you know, I don't know if I, you know, because I got so scared of the attachment. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, think, yeah. You know, it's funny because
0: in the context, as you said, uh, thank you so much, Tom, by the way, I think you and I might have a future as a, f- I think we might need to do a new podcast in your retirement years. Maybe we'll sure into one. Um, thank you for leading it so well. You've got, you You know, you talked about why should we work through our trauma and it's to get to and clarify, if I don't say this right, you know, we're working through it to have healthier attachments and relationships with people and, you know, whether you are dealing with your own, your partner or your spouses, there's this collective trauma going on right now. There's so much that affects marriage. You know, it can come from all different angles. And marriage comes down to attachment, right? Like it's the relationship attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so I know you wrote your book all about, you know, can COVID save this marriage? So I, I would love to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, I want you guys to introduce yourselves though.
1: Oh. Well, Jody Tompros, I am a social worker and an intuitive artist. And I, in this trimester of my life I am um, a teacher of mindfulness painting painting your feelings on the inside on paper hmm.
2: and you know I'm Tom Overton the you know the loyal husband and uh and and best student of uh, mindfulness uh, painting I've got um, I, mean, I could show you around this my, my office is now filled with all sorts of
1: Thompson uh, on my
2: paintings, and, and actually the cover of my book. It's it's funny you should mention my book, but I, I uh, accidentally wrote a book uh, called "Can COVID Save This Marriage: uh, A Therapist's Pandemic Diary," uh, which started out just being you know like a weekly uh, little you know stick with the kids, you know we'll we'll get through this together, and, and thought you know six months later um you know i'll be back to seeing people in the office and so now you know going into the third year uh, of this um it turns out that my initial projections were way off and so i ended up writing this thing weekly uh, for a year and a half and at that point i realized i had enough material that i mean i had really you know touched on an awful lot of the topics that that um you know the people brought me that that if you put them all together you know were about how to survive um you know complicated times or traumatic times or you know stressful times uh, to, together without um you know killing each other uh, or worse and uh so you know, what was the question again that the the question was about uh i love i love it all about the, first the, of all the, the who are okay. you?
0: Who are you, Tom? Yeah,
2: who are
3: I? Well, I'm <laughs> I'm actually a
2: a creative wannabe. Uh, you know, I always wanted to be you know an artist, a writer, um, um, you know, musician, you know, rock and roll band. And what what I ended up uh, doing, um, you know, for work because it sort of it fit my personality, and uh, and there was actually a career path that there was that was open for it was I became a a therapist uh, and focused largely on uh, couples because I had uh, managed to screw up so many relationships um, on my own. I realized, you know, that there's really, that there's no manual, you know, your parents won't tell you how to get along because they they probably aren't one way or the other. And um, so it, it became my, my sort of a, you know, I felt like tilting at windmills. Yeah, you I know, will never have a good relationship, you know, but I'm but I'm gonna study it until, you know, I figure out some things. So so that's kind of how I got to, you know, to where I am with with that part of my life. And uh, you know, I've still done art and um, even a little acting, you know, along the way. <laughs> I've just done a lot of the, the more creative stuff too. So it's 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 worked out.
0: Well, I think that, you know, the two of, of course, I know Jody. And so Jody and I right. have met weekly for probably coming up on a year and a half. And so, um, and of course, a VIP and we've done the mindfulness paintings as well.
1: And Jeremy
3: did it. With- yeah. Oh, okay. So Jeremy's done Jeremy it, it twice. Yeah. All right.
0: And when we talk about it, I always look over here because his desk is to my right. And then above it on the wall is one of the paintings that I did in one of the classes we did with Jody. And it's funny because as we talk, you know, we're talking about all this stuff, trauma and um, uh, attachments and relationships. When I did this painting, it was like six different colors all in a line. And I sat there looking and I'm listening to Jody talk through something with, um, talk through with another uh, person in the class and how does it feel done? And I just kept looking at it. I'm like, it just doesn't feel done and I liked how all the colors were separate. And I just felt the need to take my brush and just go across all the colors and integrate oh, them. It was that something we've talked so much about is, you know, this whole idea of integration.
2: Yeah.
0: And so every time I look at that painting, I'm like, oh, that was such a cool experience because I wanted it separate. But something was pulling me towards just
2: putting all the colors together.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, which reminds me of a, of a, of a joke. Um yeah, a wedding is the act of two people becoming one. Marriage is is about deciding which one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and so the, you know, blending <clears throat> blending is a good thing. And you know, being able to, you know, to tell the difference between you know, between you and me is is, is another. Um, you know, so the the I mean that's you know, like the creative tension. Here is between you know like being our own unique person and and also being able to um, you know let down you know enough of the the barriers the yeah. boundaries to you know to have that that sort of you know religious experience that you can get of you know joining um, you know with somebody. Uh, you know, without the you know the danger of, of getting lost, which is, you know, that's another you know, sort of an attachment for sure issue. Is you know, you yeah. attach the point that you're, you know, completely yeah, you know, melded, then you know, then I mean, how do you go walk around in the, the world? Yeah. Definitely,
0: I love Tom with your um, and you and Jody, you know, because of knowing Jody so well over getting to know her so well, I should say, and grateful for that friendship. Um, the, the mix of creativity and I don't know if like science education, what's the, I can't think of the right word, but the training, you know, the, the training of yeah. therapy that you both have, I think for me, that just is so exciting, you know, for me to pick your brains because you've got kind of, you come at it at both sides, you know, that intuition side, uh, Jody and I talk mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, following our intuition and then also all these tools that you get from therapy and, and things like that. And so, as you said earlier, Tom, you accidentally wrote a book through Mm -hmm. COVID and a lot of, I know a lot of your therapy clients are couples, right? And so there's a lot of issues that come up. So I would love to talk about that insight that you've gained from that, but with marriage and your insight, one thing that we experienced that Jeremy and I, I guess, and I'm so glad he's here today so he can confirm, deny, or add to this. We, you know, the last two years we've been walking some tough roads, but out of those tough roads have come some really good things. And, you know, it's included unpacking a lot of trauma. You know, he's unpacked a lot of his own trauma. There's been trauma that, um, you know, hurt and brokenness that's been between us and then a ton of healing also. And that it's, we're at a point where You know, I would never have chosen the path that we have been on. You know, it's things I never would want to happen to either of us. But at the same time, we are also at a point where if you asked me, would we want our marriage, the marriage we have now, or would we want the marriage Mm -hmm. we had three years ago? I would never want to go back to three years ago. And so Mm -hmm. I'm in this weird place. And of course, kind of having this public platform, if you will, you know, figuring out how much to share, what to share and same with Jeremy. You know, So we're kind of at that place where we're figuring out what to share and whatnot. But the bottom line for me, and it kind of goes back to me starting the podcast two and a half years ago is wanting to, you know, talk about stuff that people don't normally talk about. We talk about growth, healing, combating shame, but I guess what I'm really doing is wanting people to offer hope because so many marriages go through tough times and people don't talk about it. And then it's hard also for me personally, or for us, because it's like, oh my gosh, we have s- experienced such goodness, but to talk about some of that really good stuff, it came from mm. such bad stuff. And it just leaves in this weird place where, oh, I just want to share the good stuff and how wonderful our marriage is and how wonderful, right. is, but there's some real hard stuff.
2: Mm, yeah. And so so you, you don't want to end, end up having a or. Dirty- succumbing to what i call facebook syndrome where oh for sure your, your life is perfect and nobody's going to believe it
0: yeah right. of course so now that we have an expert on our hands an
2: author oh who, you somebody
3: else <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, well, sorry.
3: I'm here on the podcast today
0: <laughs> oh. well you wrote a book tom now that you've written a book like that you are official yeah. like it's it's yeah, official maybe. um but, you know, I kind of, like I said, this is all kind of all over the place, but it's like, I have all these thoughts in my head that it's like, how mm-hmm. do we talk about marriage? How do we talk? How do bring we encourage that? Yeah.
3: How do we I bring
2: you back? To- yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot in life and dealing with trauma and, 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 you know, dealing with with other human beings who, you know, who have, you know, their own version of of trauma that uh you know the, the most important thing is is to be kind and you know that's i think you know i go into this in the book a little bit um but it, it's easy to say you know just be kind and everything will will work out but there's so many things that that, that sort of um you know make it difficult to, to be kind I and mean, i you know i was thinking about this last night i have a you know, client I was working with who's having a really hard time—not you know, self-flagellating—and um, and it's just not very useful. I mean, it sort of keeps you in that sort of trauma mindset, and so a lot of what I do is um, you know, is help people find ways to be kinder, you know, to each other and um, you know, to themselves.
0: We could dive right into that because as yeah. you said, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, of course, of just our own journey and whatnot. And there were experiences in my life that I almost felt like prepared me to walk through a hard <laughs> season. And I wouldn't have thought of using these words until you did. But I think they they softened my heart to kindness because I had walked through so many, um. I'd seen others walk through experiences, you know, and I had been, you know, in their life in some way. And so I was able to see different perspectives, I guess you could say of different life experience. And I almost feel like it primed my heart almost to be kind when, you know, Mm -hmm. we had opportunities to not be kind, you know, that I almost feel like I've credited that to, you know, the supernatural, like I'm so I'm grateful for that,
2: but, um, and there, there seems to be so much unkindness you know everywhere and i mean you know one thing that that used to you know torture me was that um you know i was a what a you know naive you know kid who you know just sort of expected that that everybody would would treat me well mm-hmm. and, uh, and and of course that you know that didn't um, that didn't happen i mean you know i yeah, you know, met a lot of different people in my life who uh, treated me unkindly because you know, I'm, let's face it, I'm kind of a weirdo. Any any guy who becomes a, a therapist is probably a weirdo at some level, and um, not not <laughs> saying that. that I thought about it, so I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> we're all four peas in a pod.
2: Yeah, Exactly, and uh, you know, which is nice, you know. So you, know, you know, I I feel a little safer, you know. I can <laughs> you know I can open up some, but but I, but I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, it has a couple of different effects. One of which was that I got to be really hard on myself, mm. you know, and uh, and then I'd be hard on my partners and even sometimes my my friends because it's it's you know like they they say if you're um, and I don't know that this is as true as so I don't you know quote me on it but so many people say you know if you if you're abused as a kid you'll abuse in the same way as an adult and you know I, I'm not sure. That's entirely provable. I mean, I, I do want to think that, that people can, can break the cycle of their, you know, family trauma. But, but I do think that, that the temptation is going to be there to get revenge, you know, and you may not even think of it that way. But, but I, I look at couples who, uh, I mean, they're the, sort of the smallest unit of connection you know that I can think of and, and and you wonder why you know we don't get along why you know countries don't get along well yeah you know, look at look at a couple mm. and, and you see all that you know the 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 abuse or, or whatever that that you know that that you got as a as a kid or even as an adult and it, like you know the, the temptation is just to you know dump it on uh, you know on your on your partner and, and then at the same time. It's, you know, developing, you know, like, like you said, the, the ability to, to, to be more compassionate and at some point in life, you know, I, I'm hoping soon, uh, I'll I get to the place where, where I'm more compassionate than, you know, I'm vengeful. But no, I, mean, I was joking about that. But I, there, there's a point where with a lot of, you know, a lot of practice and a lot of meditation and a lot of, you know, sitting with the, 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 the pain that, you know, I feel like I've you know, gotten to a place where, where I can feel more compassion, you know, both for myself and, mm. you know, for, for other people and and not want to avenge myself on somebody who cuts me off in traffic, although that, that may be the hardest one.
3: <laughs> yeah, that one's difficult.
1: As you're talking, and sort of kindness and compassion, you know, sounds like, you know, that they're easy words to use, mm-hmm. but you have to really get into the depth of yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you have to go so deep. You know, people, sure people are, are born. I believe everyone is born good mm-hmm. and everyone is born with an open heart. And it just takes the experience to mold it, how it's going to go. And some is worse than others, mm-hmm. but to be able to sit and really see somebody and really hear somebody take skill and a lot and a, a time to really mm. and
2: an intention I mean they the, totally. have to set out with the intention to do it
1: and I remember when we may have just been married or it was maybe even before but we came out to rest to have dinner with some friends at Siam I got really annoyed with you about something mm. and you didn't react you were just like are like Oh, okay. And I said to you later, what how could you like be so kind or you know, (laughs) caring about that? You just said, I knew you were scared. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly right. Yeah. You know, so it's like when so the other piece of it is when people act like a jerk, it's because they're scared. Yeah. And if they're angry, they didn't get to express. You know, life is hard and you don't get to express it.
2: But what usually comes up first is that, or at least it it always did for me, you know, if somebody was, you know, giving me feedback I didn't want, I I wouldn't see the person. I I would just see, you know, what, you know, there's this sort of lens I'm seeing it through or filter I'm seeing it through. It's like, oh, this is my whole experience, my, my, you know, trauma with somebody else who, you know, gave me negative feedback and and wasn't, you know, loving about it, but really wanted to hurt me. And, and, you know, so I'm not seeing, you know, what's behind that. I mean, it took me, um, you know, a lot of years and failed relationships to, to, to ever, I mean, I mean, not always, but, but even ever, uh, be able to say, Oh, wow. I mean, you're doing this because you're, you're scared. Okay. I, I get that. I get that. And, um, So, you know, kindness is, it's an easy thing to, to advocate. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, I just, you know, go to the therapist and the therapist says, be kind. And you go home and you just, you're kind for the rest of your life. You know, it doesn't happen that way, but you have to deal with the the stuff that comes up that, that, um, you know, that gets in the way first. And I'm going to add to, I mean, you can't even do it in the, in the, in the moment, because if I'm triggered, I mean, and we're you know, talking about traumas. We're talking about you know, trauma triggers and things that send you off into, you know, amygdala hijack. i mean, you're probably familiar with that term, where, where you, you just get so flooded with emotion that you can't think straight. And you know, so I had to spend a lot of time in, in therapy, or or, you know, or on my own, just you know, waiting until the, you know, the, the filter went away, and I could see more clearly what was there and and that's the the essence of it is if you if you can see and you can trust that you're seeing uh, you know what's true and, and what's real, you know, that, then you're in a position to develop the kindness and compassion <clears throat> as long as as you know the you know the, the truth is is hidden by all these different layers of, of mess. you know does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Phyllis
1: would say um you have to use your observing brain. Yeah. You have to use uh, the uh, observing part of your brain to be right. able to take a step back and look. But when you're in the amygdala, which is the your you know uh the,
2: yeah, the emotional li- lizard the brain. lizard brain. <laughs> brain. right? You
0: know right. what I would you're love? Like, <laughs> I would love it Tom, Jody, the both of you together either way. I would love to have you guys, one, to affirm what you said, love what you said about the filter that on a personal level, on a personal note, just, I think that I resonated a lot with that because that's almost, you know, I said earlier how, okay, we've walked through this season, but I don't have the tools to be able to share it with people, you know, of how, you know, Hey, let me give you this marriage advice, you know, because it's just Mm -hmm. so personal and intimate, but knowing that there's overarching themes that therapists and healers can share. So back to that, you know, you were sharing and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, Jeremy, and I mean, me too. It's just, of course, easier for me to point out other people's stuff. Um, oh.
3: Now we, we, uh, we that's why you're here. Why I am here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you, uh,
0: you know, then this is because we've talked about this, you know, before, um, uh-huh but like having a filter. And once you worked on that filter, I feel like that helped our connection so much more.
3: Sure. And
0: so, um, so that totally made sense for us. Um, So I almost want to back, back up a little to kind of frame this with couples, because, you know, I said, okay, we faced some really hard stuff and it, it helped our marriage because it was that, you know, we walked through stuff where it was either we could just end it or we could get stronger from it. And I think with COVID, you know, I just recently heard the comment, oh, so-and-so is divorcing. Why? Oh, you know, yeah. COVID, you know, and that's just a common thing. And so when Jody told me the name of your book, can COVID save this marriage? Yeah. You know, it resonated with me because I've said, you know, I never, it's very hard to use this terminology, you know, that COVID was a blessing to us because it's been so horrible and devastating. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But there is a silver
1: lining. But the yeah,
0: it created for us personally a bubble to just totally lean into each other and just just really be solid and give the time and space to do the work. And so Mm. when we're talking about marriage, it's funny when you talk about kindness and all of this stuff. People get married because they're so in love; they want to be together. They love this person, you know, so much Mm, they want to build a life.
2: The the conscious reason, anyway. Yeah.
0: And that exactly the conscious reason. And so, but then, as you said, you know, of course, countries can't get together because couples can't even get together. You have these couples who are just, we're, and I say we because I'm saying, you know, everyone goes through it. You know, one, I I remember some marriage advice we got from our pastor, like way back when we got married. He said, we're on the same team, just to periodically remind yourselves, we're on the same team. And we forget that so much. And so there's people, you know, so I'm imagining, okay, you've got people listening. They want a stronger, healthier marriage, you know, but how do you get there when there's so much raging? And so I would love to kind of have you guys almost give that context because everyone starts in love. Everyone wants to stay in this blissfully love marriage, but yet there's brokenness all around us, you know, and we all know personally the struggles. So-
2: well, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, yeah, I wrote this book as I wrote the book. I will put it that way. I, I was um, calling a lot on on you know, my own experience, and you know, and, and trying to uh, keep from oversharing because my wife would, uh, you know, would <laughs> not necessarily want me to um, to share everything about us, um, you know, with the public. But but I think that that was you know, you know part of what I wanted to do was to have it be not not just you know the you know the the, the thoughts and, and and the tools and all that that sort of thing but, but to get an idea of you know how you know somebody who you know kind of came into relationships of a, a, a broken screwed up mess uh, could find a way you know with you know with with other people you know, leaving some of them disposed by the side of the road, but we could, you know, get to the point where, you know, I could work with somebody to, you know, to actually have the the relationship uh, work well, you know, like get getting through the, you know, the brokenness. I mean, I, I don't think there's any really good advice. Well,
0: not advice, but for, you actually, were, you actually answered the question that I was trying to ask and I may not have asked it yeah. is, this idea of two broken people, right? right. Two people with it, with, you know, their own issues. And I think that's what I've seen. That's I think what we've walked through and want to get the advice of the, you know, experts in the room or mm-hmm. on the screen. But I think for what I've seen through my own marriage and of course we're not done yet. We have lots of roads ahead of us, you know, um, Sure, but it's, you know, kind of recognizing our own brokenness, working on our own healing and coming together. And so often we want to fix someone else. We want to fix this one problem or this one Mm. issue. And the more work we've done, it's like, oh my gosh, this just comes, this is me. It's about me. You know, and you hear, Mm. excuse me, you hear things like, oh, the way people treat you says more about them than it does about you. Well, it's hard to, you may say it or know it, but it feels very personal at the time. And then the more healing work you do, it's like this isn't about me. This is not about me. Mm-hmm. And so, how how can couples kind of work through their own stuff? As you said, you know, you came into this relationship broken, and you know, had these pieces and and healings that you needed, but to grow together, how do you get to that?
2: Or how- uh, and then decided to have a you know a child who you know, turned out to have um, uh, autism. And I mean, talk about, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot about, you know, couples who have kids. And you know, if that doesn't break you, nothing nothing will. But um, what are your thoughts about
1: Well, my first thought about, I mean, we wanted this relationship to work. We had both come into it with, you know, failed marriages. And so... And if it wasn't going to work, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> and so I said to him, if if this marriage doesn't work out, I'm going to burn down the house that we live in and go <laughs> live in a homeless shelter because I am not prepared for it not to work.
2: Yeah, there were some more graphic things, too, involving a <laughs> knife and a, a- chopping block oh my gosh
0: jody a whole new side
2: which is very clear and which is fine because you know it's like i didn't
1: even know
2: i was serious oh you you know the 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 first (laughs) one of the first things we did together was go out to see the the movie um Fatal Attraction. Oh my God! That was the second movie we saw. The first one was the Aristocats. So it had come back out, and, oh. and it's like a Disney movie. And then then she took me to see Fatal Attraction. I took you. Yeah, you took. Yeah, you took me. <laughs> I, I'm. All oh, right, 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 right.
1: right just I love. Just to let you know, I
2: doubled over in pain. I was, I was, it was. made me so okay. nervous. So my point
1: was, the couple, both people, have to really believe that with the right counsel, Mm -hmm. they can heal whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And if people come in, like I used to ask people, on a scale from zero to 10, 10 being you're never going to leave the marriage, it's great, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where are you in along the continuum of thinking you can work this out? Are you... In the door or out the door kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And if people would say they were a seven or an eight, I knew I had something to work with. Mm -hmm. If it was a six or below, you know, it was iffy. Mm -hmm. And if the other person, if one of the two people were in another relationship and they were still in it, they didn't want it. Yeah. So first people really have to, want
2: to be in the relationship yeah well and, and to do that i mean to, to want to be in, in a relationship you have to i think have come to some sort of realization of, of what that's going to be uh, because you know i i wanted to be in relationships a lot when i was in my 20s and i was in relationships for you know for a night or a week or two or a month or or a year <clears throat> and, and never thought much beyond that, my, my first marriage was one of those that was, um, you know, what I see a lot in, in couples, which is well, we're going to get married, and you know, nothing really has to change; it'll just go along smoothly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my whole first marriage in a nutshell. And when things didn't start, you know, or started not going smoothly, I was like, "Screw this!" I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. This, you know, marriage is supposed to be easy peasy. Mm. and um so that was you know the first marriage and you know, the second marriage was you know with was somebody who took it upon herself to you know to make a better man of me and that didn't work you know uh and, and so now you know i'm with with jody and and uh you know i, I don't want to advocate for starter marriages but <laughs> you know, sometimes it's 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 helpful because you, you're gonna if you stay married to one person for 50 years you're gonna go through all three of those yeah marriages the, the the one that that's totally naive you know the one where you're trying to fix the other person yeah and the one where you finally you know get beaten down enough by life to realize that there's nothing that needs to be fixed you, you just need to you know work together and you know and, keep and be breathing open. and be open. Yeah.
1: There is a book, The Good Marriage, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, no, <laughs> there was a woman who interviewed 50 couples. Yeah. And it all broke down into like five different categories. And there was the couple that were sort of the, I sort of see us as, you know, like we take turns. You know, we like, we're, we're a team. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, the rescue, I mean, but everybody wants to be rescued, but it's sort of like the one, somebody in the marriage is going to be the one to take care of, Mm -hmm. you know, more of the old fashioned traditional kind, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, then there's a couple that just stays together because the sex is so good and that's what they say and they fight all the time, but they stay together Mm -hmm. for the sex and I can't remember the other two. Uh,
2: I wouldn't have believed that particular one, but but I've had that couple in, in my office. It's like, you hate each other. You know, why do you stay? no, the sex is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you
1: know. And, you know, and you can't judge I that. Doubt? I mean, no. people are together for right? the reasons that they're together. So, yeah. so right. they have a nugget. They have something. Yeah, that- yeah right. They have something that hooks them and it's probably, it's their attachment style. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, and I mean, it's sort of, Yeah. Not, it doesn't all boil down to attachment style, but it works. And we can't second guess why it's working if they feel like it's working, right. you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like to tell people that, that uh, I mean, you can have any kind of relationship that, that you want and, and I will support it as long as you're, you're both on the same page with it you, you both want that kind of marriage so, so I've mm-hmm. you know worked with couples who you know wanted to, to live apart and then you know have a, a long distance marriage. I work with um, you know, polyamorous couples mm-hmm. and um, you know it's like they, they, if they're both on the same page with it, then you know. I mean, who am I to judge? I mean, I've worked with with all kinds of different uh, pairings, and if you don't, um, well, if you never change, here's the other big thing. You know that that I've been thinking a lot about uh, lately with with certain couples I'm working with. So if you never change, then you know you can you can cruise. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, we, we change all the time, and you know, and if I'm not you know, um, keeping track of Jodi's latest therapy, because I mean, she's like she said, you know, you've, you've talked about this stuff a million times with a million th- or, you know, at least with a half dozen therapists. And here you are back processing it again. If I don't keep track of, of, of who you are, as you're processing processing at this particular time, then, you know, I, I'm missing out on you know some real gold here because, you know, every time you you go through a thing and, um, uh, you know, learn from it, uh, I think the, you. Um,
1: My light shines into, brighter. Yeah,
2: there you go. And I don't want to miss out on that light because, you know, I'm half blind, as you can tell. Um, so
1: I had a um, friend who she got married really young and her husband was in the service. And so when he was out on deployment, she would write to him every night. And she'd tell him about the whole day. And she'd tell him about the kids. Because if she didn't, when he came home and if he was gone for six months, oh, he wouldn't know anything about what she had been doing. True. They, I just thought that was brilliant. And to, to this day, they have a great marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, good. Mm-hmm. that's good
2: to know. Because, I mean, I've seen the other... Thing happened too, where where they come back from deployment and end up in exactly that situation you are talking about. But you know, it's weird enough being back from deployment, and now you know, my family is, is 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 a mystery to me. I don't know who they are anymore.
0: So much goodness there. You you guys, you said Tom, you know about the starter marriage and the you know uh, all the stages of learning. And I, I Esther Perel, I remember I saw a talk by her, and she talked about that everyone has. Yeah. Two or three marriages. And sometimes they're with the same person, and sometimes they're with different yes, yeah, That's really good. Yeah, and as, yeah, you, as
2: that's, you that's probably who I stole that from then. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. yeah brilliant.
0: Um, no, but put your own spin on it. That's the way life works. But as you described yeah. the marriages, I, I looked at Jeremy because I was like, I think that's us, you know.
3: I mean, <laughs> we've we're in at least our second marriage.
0: Definitely, we're definitely, mm-hmm. in, our yeah, marriage, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely in our second. Uh, how long,
2: Sorry. Can can I ask how long you've been together fourteen years. next
0: month? It'll be 14 years,
2: 14, 14 years, married or 14 years together or 14 years,
0: married 15 together, but have known each other 22.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: But, and that's something that for me, what I've said and the reason I think I am so passionate about teasing out all of this shame stuff and this trauma stuff and whatnot is, We had, I always described us as we had a very fine marriage
1: fine. Mm -hmm.
0: three, three years ago. And I, I would take fine any day because I saw all the brokenness in the world and the trauma, Mm -hmm. like the the abuse and this and that, like out in the world of marriages. And so it was like, if we can just have a fine marriage, like that is okay. Mm -hmm. It might not be super high, but as long as we're not super low, I'm good with that.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And then. <laughs> but then life threw some know. serious curveballs our way, you know, my way, our way. Um things I didn't see coming happening and things I like I said never would have chosen. Mm-hmm. But now there's such a deeper level of connection and emotional intimacy and when you were describing Jody's therapy and being there for it, you know, and wanting to be on board or like on the on the journey with her to get those that light shining brighter, you know, that for me was like, oh my gosh, you know, bef- my life, it's like pre, I guess you could say pre our trauma, totally happy with fine. Cause I'm very fearful of the bad, but walking mm-hmm. through it, it's mm-hmm. like, now I would not give up the emotional intimacy and depth of our relationship where we're at now, mm-hmm. at least, and need to continue to work at, you know, forever, but
3: mm-hmm.
0: for, yeah. for fine, you know? Yeah. Um, in
3: retrospect yeah totally
0: in retrospect and that's why it's right. this fine line of you know wanting to encourage people because i think you know just not wanting to rock the boat you know afraid to mm-hmm. kind of look under the layers and and peel back and stuff and right. it's just you don't
3: right. want to rock the boat so and fine was good enough at the time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: and a good enough. There's nothing wrong with, with a good enough marriage. I mean, there's been stuff written about that that, that I haven't stolen because you know, I'm always a little you know iffy about the idea. But good enough marriage. I mean, you don't have to have anything you know beyond that yeah. necessarily. But you know, life does happen, right? And and it's that that fear of um, of taking. Did you guys watch um, This Is Us by any chance? I've, I saw the first two seasons or so. Oh, okay. Too bad. There, there was a scene last night that, that uh, you would
1: we love that show, totally huh?
2: resonated with. Yeah. And it, it goes back to, uh, you know, one of the characters, you know, Kate, when she's a little girl and her mom's trying to get her to go into the pool. And it was just, it was so, you know, wrenching for me. I mean, not because I was afraid of pools, but, but just because, you know, I've been so uh, afraid at different times of um uh you know like moving moving forward because I don't know what it would be, you know, mom saying, Oh, but, but it's warm once you're in, and she's saying, Nope, not gonna happen, right? And <laughs> so uh and I felt that way. No, this is not gonna happen. I'm not gonna share this thing about myself. I'm not gonna take that that risk. So, you know, and you kind of dig down into that and and um I mean, it really takes in you know, developing some self confidence to, to get to the place where you know, I can say, "Okay, yeah, it's okay to you know to take a risk." But but a lot of people who who come into my office, uh, they're, they're going to say, "Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to rock the boat because it's because it's good enough because it's it's fine, it's it's okay." And uh, you know, no, know I'm not happy, but you know said they were supposed to be happy in life said, well yeah that's, that's a good point yeah but but do you want to you know roll the dice and and see yeah and that takes uh like i said a bit of self-confidence so that comes then back to your own individual work and you know and that that's a constant battle for me in, in doing therapies you know how much of it has to be individual how much of it can be you know the the, the dynamics of the of the two people as we, we sort of co-create, you know, that's sort of, I, I think of relationships, I think, or I think of, of, I'm I'm not this monolithic human being, that's, you know, a, a rock and, and can't be affected by anything. You know, I think a, a the, you know, ego is co-created. I mean, we, you know, we, we create ourselves through interactions with, with other people. And, um, and it's important to, Recognize that, and to, to recognize that, that the kinds of um, relationship structures that, that we have created—you know, like families—you know, create whole systems that, yes. that are that are totally screwed up a lot of times. And you know, <laughs> amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there's all that, and, and you know, and you, you maybe know about, uh, you know, going back to, um, you know, where you, where you used to live. Like, you know, I, I come from Norfolk go back to Norfolk and all of a sudden my accent would start slipping back into, you know, a, a little bit more Southern, uh, you know, start to sound like my daddy or my mama, you know, yeah. never quite that extreme, but, but it's, yeah, that, that's the, you know, the, the, the system calling. So that that's, you know, been, you know, one of the things like, you know, how much is individual, how much is, is a couple and, and knowing, you know what to recommend for people because if you know somebody comes in like you know i'm halfway out the door because you know he's an asshole or whatever then maybe something's missing i mean not just in the in the in the marriage but in the other you know, two individuals maybe you need to go do that or you know I, i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna change she is the one who needs to change because she's you know, bat shit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so it's like, okay, well, I think we need to, you know, look at other stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were, you were talking about the, the, this is us example of the fear of getting into uh, the unknown or, or the, the fear of change is kind of the, the way it kind yeah. of manifested in my head. And it seems like, If somebody is, uh, or a couple is walking into your office, the fear of change has been overtaken by something else. So just even. Fear of misery. Yeah, right. The
1: the pain. Right. I can't take it anymore. anymore. So tell me what I need to do.
3: We got to try something or even just filing for divorce. That's a huge change.
1: Something. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the the marriage that's just good enough is yeah. is maybe a, a way of people being too too afraid of change to I, I, take any well, steps to yeah. improve.
1: Also, you know if somebody says it's good enough and it's fine. You don't want to scratch there's like you don't want to scratch something that doesn't itch. You know, and like you don't know where to start. If, mm-hmm. if it so, ain't you don't fix it. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah, I, think it's broke, you know? I mean, I'm happy. I, I don't know how I would be any happier. So then I might start with, well, what do you what makes you happy? You know, what are the things that are really good? So is there any place where there's any discomfort? You know, what irritate what do you get irritated about? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not a big deal, but you get irritated about it. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay. You know, because some people like they'll come anyway. You know, they'll come because they know something's missing, mm-hmm. but they and they just don't know what it is. Right. You know, and it'll play out in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, he won't go socialize with me, or we only have sex every couple of months, or mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Or
2: never, you know. Or never. Or it's been years now.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh boy, then do I love getting those. You know. <laughs> um Hmm. Did you want to say more about that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know I'm like, I had a question, but I'm, no, I'm this, all is this,
2: this, this, I had this whole, this couple's life flash before me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, Jeremy, what about you? I'd love to have you kind of look back at your notes um, because we could go and, you know, we I love that touching on this idea of using, you know, times to lean into the hard things to do the work on our own. So what about you?
3: Well, something that you said, Tom, when we first started talking, it was about your one takeaway that, that you want everybody to to know is to be kind. Uh And you mentioned that, you know, it's, it's hard enough to uh, be kind to each other, but, but we need to be kind to ourselves too. And I think that that's, the one kindness that gets overlooked a little bit—it's it for me in particular, and I think for a lot of people, I think it's pretty universal that being kind to ourselves is harder in some cases than uh, being kinder to other people. Yeah, why do you think that um, is?
2: Well, uh, I think it's. You know, you know, actually learning uh, or maybe relearning you know, a lot about this doing, uh, you know, Jody's uh, mindfulness painting class, and uh, at, 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 this, at, it at the they same time, know. oh, you know that <laughs> it's
3: a podcast, <laughs> yeah, but, Jody. The people listening now <laughs> yeah.
2: and millions of people who will that. Yeah. But, but also, give a, a plug to Julia Cameron because we're also doing this um, Artist Way group, uh, and I'm. Um, you know, it's really making me stick with doing the you know the whole book this this time and and i think what what i'm learning is that you know the 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 inner critic that we develop through the years is is so strong and it usually starts out you know one way or another in in childhood and you know i'm not gonna go all you know Freudian or something, and you know it's because you hated your mother that you're such a jerk now. But uh, but generally there there's a lot of uh, criticism involved in most people's upbringing because you know parents are trying to you know teach you how to be a human being, and you know that's all necessary. Uh, but because um, as one of my teachers once once said, you know the. You know, the, the parent's aura is so enormous, you know, compared to the little child. And and so it, it the, the things that the parents do have such an intense impact on us. And uh, and I think any kid, um, you know, no matter who they are, is going to pick up on a lot of, um, you know, well-meaning direction that is going to feel like, uh, criticism, and it's going to be, you know, internalized. So, uh, I mean, just personally, I, I walk around with a, an, an enormous inner critic that that's always, you know, pointing its finger and, and saying, oh, well, this is not good enough. It's not bad enough. So-and-so does it better. I mean, that, there's a really good one, you know, from my childhood. Or, or yeah, you, you'll never be able to, what was it? Yeah, you, you'll never be a baseball player because you don't eat, drink, sleep it like, you know, Lawrence does, you know, he's the, you know, the baseball kid. And and so you might as well not, you know, so it is that kind of, of a thing that, that sticks, um, you know, I mean, you work and work and work and work, and then the voice will still come up and, and I, you know, I'll say, okay, you know, thanks for your feedback. You know, I'm, uh, I'm still going to go ahead and, you know, take a risk on doing this, this painting or writing this poem or, or whatever. And, and I, and I think that that's, at least my, my thought about why it's so hard to be kind to, you know, to you know, to you oneself because that critic is is always going to be yapping in, you know, in, in your ear and it's going to be hard to disbelieve it because, you know, a lot of times it will come in a parental sounding voice, you know, uh, it'll, you know, say, oh yeah, you know, you're, and my dad used to call me goofus, and it sounded like you know that could be a, a loving thing, but you know it was it didn't feel that way to me, and and I and so I was pretty clumsy, you know, as, as a kid, and I got laughed at a lot for that. So goofus sort of stuck with me as a as a thing of shame, and and so when I screw something up. Uh, it's not like oh, okay, let's just screw up. Let's you know erase it, or start another piece of paper, or start another marriage, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's like no, you're 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 doomed. You know, so I, so I think that's uh, that's the reason it's so hard to to be kind. And I mean, it's frustrating to have somebody uh, as a client come in and, and just you know be beating himself up because it's it's hard to see that that's not productive. What, what are your thoughts about it?
1: I'm just thinking about Stuart, my guy who's a right. um, painting teacher. And, and so, you know, when you're painting and things come up, it's like, ew, that looks ugly, you know? And Stuart will say that your inner critic is there because you want to change something and your inner critic wants to hold you back and keep you small. Mm. And so it's really, I'm going to use a clinical term, but it's really about individuating. It's about separate. It's about growing. Mm. It's about wanting to, yeah, to become more than you are. So when the inner critic is giving you shit, then you just force yourself to do something new or to do something different so that because once you break through, it's like, oh, wow, that's cool. It used to be that we would talk about self-care because usually mm-hmm. the inner critic is there because, oh my God, you're tired. And that's true. But really it's about growth and not wanting to stay small. And the, but the inner critic part of you is afraid and wants you to stay small. Well, as we wrap up, I think that marriage
0: Today is a uh, reminder that you have these two individuals, these two broken individuals. You know, we come into it with our own stuff. We have our own healing to do. And then, of course, figuring out the healing together. So, Tom, tell me, where can people find your amazing book?
2: The amazing book. It's on, um, it's on Amazon. Uh, and you can either get it, um, you know, the 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 paperback or a Kindle version, you know, either way. And um can COVID save this marriage? Can COVID save this marriage? That should come up, or, or just you know, my name, um Thomas Overton. But yeah, can COVID save this marriage? If I look for it that way, it generally comes up. So uh, yeah, so if you you know if you buy it, you know, leave a leave a review. That means other people will hear about it, probably.
0: Definitely. Well, that's there's no shortage of um, clients. You know, as you said when you got started with getting into therapy, you said, "Well, I've, I have this relationship stuff, so yeah. I need it." And I think that what I have seen over the last couple of years is uh, COVID expediting things with a lot of marriages that have kind yeah. of broken uh, down. So, thank you for the work. You both do. And of course, Jody, mindfulnesspainting.com. Well, thank you both so much. So glad you were here. And I look forward to, of course, more conversations yeah, and reading your book, Tom.
3: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the
1: greatest thing I've ever heard.